0: Let us pray. Thank
1: you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, for your kindness, for your word, and for those in this community that serve you. We are so glad to have Officer Whitrock with us again. We ask, Lord, that you would um, pour out your spirit uh, both on her and her service to this community and to us as we study your word in just a minute. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, many of you were uh, here. I believe it was Labor Day uh, that that you came back in September, and Officer Whitrock is sort of our assigned a police officer and uh at her own initiative uh, she uh, asked to come and be with us today she served you breakfast which yeah. is did, did you um did you did you make any of these uh, casseroles did you have any hand in the preparation because they were incredible um we'll just give you the credit no. they, they get plenty of credit you didn't have anything to do with that well can you give us uh, a little bit of an update and tell us where um what what's new in your life How, how's it been going
0: So, same old, same old. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I come into work, go home, you know, take care of my husband, and uh, life is the same as it was. Um, If you're referring to kind of where my career is going, you want to get into that? Sure, tell me. So, um, Mm -hmm. I currently am very busy, so I'm a little, my brain is very fogged because I've been studying really, really hard for, to get promoted. So, I, you know prayers is definitely needed, yes. um, uh, because it's a it's a lot of material, a lot of laws I have to learn. I mean, before I started studying to be at Promoted, of course, I knew all the laws, right? I mean,
1: I was there's so yeah. many
0: yeah. of them. I have them all memorized, you know, just, no. Okay, there's a lot. There's a lot of details, a lot of information, um, but as a supervisor, you need to know the ins and outs of everything so that you can keep the officers in check and make sure that they're doing right and we're not making false arrests and different things, so. Um, I'm very excited to become a supervisor. Now, um, there's a lot with the uh, test. I have a hundred question tests and it's on too much information, all bottled down to, you know, what feels like five questions. But um, you know, I just hope to do my best, and that's all I can do, right? So then I'll have a, an oral board kind of get in front of a, a panel of people who are not police officers and I'll have to kind of prove myself to them and depending on how I perform is where I go on a list. And then for two years, I either get promoted or I don't. So I don't know, it's a very interesting, it's very different than any other promotion that I've ever had. Usually a promotion is based on performance, like how you do in the job. This is not based on that. It's how you you do on the test and then it's how you do, how you kind of rank with other officers and kind of where you land on that list. So it's a, a lot of variables. So I'm, I'm very nervous, um, but I'm very excited because it's my first time trying it and we'll see how it goes. So my brain, like I said, is very fogged because I have a lot of laws in my head right now and a lot of policy, but um, I, I love the job. I, you know, I work really hard to know to do what's right for, you know, my victims, do what's right for the community, and do what's right for other officers. So I'm out here working hard to make sure that I don't end up on the news for some bad reason, <laughs> you know. I if, a, if you I see feel me the own... same way, God, I mean, I, <laughs> right? I, just, yeah. So I, if I am on the news, pray it's something good, you yeah. know. Just, but I, you know, I'm just out here trying to do what I can, and um, I'm glad to be here again. And um, I will remind you guys: lock your doors, lock your doors, lock your doors, car doors and your house doors. But um, also, just remember to take all valuables out of your car. And what was the other thing? If you see something and you need to call it in, I'd rather you guys call me. You know, I'll come by or other officers. We'd rather come in the neighborhood because you just never know, okay? That's my little police tidbit, (laughs) not personal.
1: (laughs) Last time you were here, you uh, gave the invitation that we could actually call and and get a a ride along. You've had uh, at least one parishioner who's done that a few times, right, Richard? Yes, yes.
0: Richard has done several ride alongs with me, and I appreciate it every time because it, it, we get to look at the uh, at my job from a different perspective. You know, somebody gets to sit there and watch how I do things, and anybody is welcome. You can ride for an hour, you can ride, I, I work 11 hours, so if you want to come in and work 11 hours with me, it's a long day. Yeah. <laughs> so, my job is very long and, you know, tiring and we're busy, but we go from call to call. It will definitely give you a different perspective, for sure, and I am as you can tell, I'm a talker, so we can talk about everything. You can ask questions, and we can go, and what did he say? What did you said, say? He said amen, amen. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't, you better talk for yourself. Yeah.
1: Wow. I've been trying that for seven years. You just came in here and... Yeah.
0: Well, he's ridden with me a few times. <laughs> you get 11 hours with somebody. No, I'm wow, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you really get to know them. And, and how,
1: if, if someone uh, besides Richard wanted to do that, what, um, how, would, how would we do that? How would, um, remind, remind so us a, how we do There's a
0: couple different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you can call the substation. You can go to our substation. Our, your local substation is at Liberty Ridge. So really, you would go there. You'd request, if you want to ride with me, I'm a 9 a.m. shift. So I start at 9. I don't work every day. Thank goodness. 11 hours every day would be a lot. Um, you would have to ask the, the office, hey, I'd like to ride with Officer Whitrock, and then we could work on a time. They might be able to give you a schedule. And then it's really whatever time works for you. So if you want to come in at 10 a.m. or you know you want to lazy on in at 12, that's okay, too. But about 9.30 is really when I start work. So, And then really either go to the substation. You could go online, but probably going in person is probably best. Right, Richard? I mean... You, you tell us. <laughs> Going online is easy. You print out the material, then you have to go into the substation. To so do a background check every time, right? Every time. So he has a good record, just so you guys know. Ask <laughs> you don't ask, have a ask good toy. Toy. I'd Ask Troy if he has a good record.
1: <laughs> well, one of the
0: benefits you,
1: you get out of writing along with somebody weird like me is it's up, have at least 20 of Jacksonville JSO officers, and we can all feel really good about these people yes. being out there on the street. That's great. Mm-hmm. I love yeah.
0: that. Yeah, very good. I introduced him to the good ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not only good at their job,
1: but they're good at caring about the people mm. that they're trying to service. I haven't met one officer yet that I thought was
0: an idiot. Alright, next ride along. <laughs> yeah. Next ride along, I'll I... find you one. <laughs> well I know they're out, there. <laughs> we're all human, you know. Yeah. End of the day yeah. there are humans I work with. But yes. In this area at least I don't know about other areas. But this area. I agree. I'm very fond of, this is what we call Zone 3. Uh-huh. It is, I'm very proud of Zone 3. I've worked here my entire seven years, well, minus a few mm-hmm. training. Um, but I, you know, I, I work hard to give back to this community because this is what I'm proud to serve. So, you know, I don't necessarily live in this neighborhood, but I, I appreciate coming into work and making sure that your community is, is well met, however that may be.
1: When you get this promotion, will you be, stay in Zone 3?
0: Uh, or is that just kind of progress? So kind of like how the list is, I don't know where I'm going to fall, it's it's as needed. Yeah. So I I <laughs> pray that I end up yeah, back here, yeah. um, but it's really as needed. So I could end up wherever they need me, um, but the goal for me personally would be to end up back here because I am so passionate about this mm-hmm. zone and I'm familiar with the areas and so that would make me a better supervisor because I'm used to the streets and different things. But if I do, it will be on probably midnights.
1: Oh. So well, I'm sure to Richard six. would be happy to write you a recommendation. Um, you just get warmed up. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, thank you so much. It means so much to me that you would uh, just on your own initiative come and be with us. And I hope you will again really soon. Stay for breakfast and Bible study, and After we'd love test. to have you in the service. <laughs> After the test. Um, uh, yeah, when, now when is that? When is the test?
0: So the test is February 7th, and then the assessment part is mid March. Okay. So you won't see me until after of, March. I am, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's a lot of busy. So okay,
1: all right. One question, Carol. You had a question? That was that, question. that was the question. Oh,
0: thank you. All right. I'm
1: gonna. Can I say a quick prayer for you? Would that be all right? Uh, let's pray for Officer Whitrock. Uh, Lord, thank you, thank you for her. And um, we ask God that you would bless her. Uh, we just are, are confident in your plan and that she is in your hands. Um, she and all all her fellow officers, but we just know particularly that she's in your hands god and just ask that you would uh, bless her with the knowledge that she needs when she needs it uh, bless her to be calm for this test and to be um, prepared sufficiently for uh, for both the test and the orals uh, coming up in mid march so we just uh, pray also that you would give us the remembrance to recall her and keep her in mind and um, and keep, hold her before you in those times in jesus and then lord we pray for a promotion in jesus name amen, amen. amen. all right thank you so much for being with us you. yes Yes, I, yes absolutely. I need it. <laughs> and we'd love for you to have this oh, uh, this uh, coffee wonderful. mug, and uh, and you can either drink good coffee out throw it at a refrigerator or any uh, anything.
0: You can't I, take mugs, really? My, my cabinet's full. Oh. <laughs> I love coffee cups, thank you. <laughs> this is the
1: best one you've ever gotten. Okay. I love it,
0: thank you. I'm exceptionally excited. I love coffee cups.
1: good. All right. Good. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about the end times. Uh, um, How about that? So um, we're we're in Matthew chapter 24, and um, if you remember, uh, Jesus in chapter 23 had pronounced the seven woes uh, on the Pharisees and, and really the entire religious system. That was chapter 23, and then last week we started chapter 24 and, um, and so, again, we're in Jesus' last week. He has uh, already come in on the donkey with the crowds and, and everything. But now he's really stirring up trouble. Uh, or he did uh, when he was pronouncing those woes. Uh, really calling the, out publicly the Pharisees and the, and the system as, as hypocritical. And so then they're leaving, if you remember. And the disciples, you know, they're going out of the temple after this, you know, demonstrative woe, woe to you hypocrites and um, the disciples remark about the huge stones in the temple. And if you've ever been uh, to the Wailing Wall in, in Jerusalem, it, it really is uh, amazing to see. Uh, but Jesus then turns to the disciples, and it's really sort of the last declaration of judgment upon the temple. And that was Jesus' last visit to the temple. He says that no stone will be left on another. And he's talking about the destruction of the temple, which, which of course, would happen in seventy A.D., and then they're on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples come to Jesus privately. Remember, the Mount of Olives just right across the Kidron Valley. There's Mount Zion, Kidron Valley, Mount of Olives. They come off Mount Zion in the temple, right, go across. They're staying on the Mount of Olives, and um, and they say to Jesus, "When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age?" And what I said to you last week is that the first part of chapter 24 deals with when will these things be, meaning that no stone will be left on another in the temple. And then the second part of the chapter deals with what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. When will the temple be destroyed? What will be the sign of your coming back at the end of the age? Now, I do just want to say, as we kind of got into last week, when I was a little Delirious, and my voice was um, uh, still quite strained. But um, as listen, as were many of you. But the um, uh, there are a lot of interpretations of this passage out there, uh, and it is easy to find someone who is di- will dispute what I said last week and what I'm saying to you this week. Uh, so I just wanted to sort of say that out there. In fact, uh, interestingly, the guy that I read the most, R. T. France on um, Richard France, his one of the people he sort of critiqued. Was another one of my favorite scholars, uh, Don Carson, and so uh, that, I found that that interesting. But and in, in some of the translation could go one way or the other just based on how you understand a participle. I mean, the, the word is the same, but does it mean on the temple or around the temple or of the temple? You know, something like that. It's um, it's all in how it's the it's the same word. It's just a matter of the context to determine how you um, interpret it. And the choice of how you interpret the passage is largely dependent on the interpreter's bias. But what I said uh, last time is that when Jesus is talking about these things, he is talking about the destruction of the temple, which is already past. That happened in 70 AD. Now, it was future to him, but we often bring Jesus up to our present moment. And, he's, and when we say, you know, we look at, you know, woe will the, when the when the widows have to flee and, and hide in, uh, in the mountains and uh, pray that it's not on the Sabbath, we think, oh gosh, what's that, that going to look like? It's in the past, according to this line of interpretation. And I think, to me, when understanding this line of interpretation really makes the most sense out of this passage. Now, Katie, uh, online on last week, brought up, yes, but maybe you know, perhaps we can look at it sort of as then and now, that we can bring a lot of the interpretation of it uh, into our our present time, and I'm fine with that. Like a lot of, I mean, we still have to be prepared. And and what we're going to get to um, in the second half of the chapter is in fact um, is in fact future for us the the coming again uh, of Jesus. But Jesus' words make the most sense. We if we have the discipline to see these things. Uh, Jesus is talking about th- those words. As referring to the Roman siege of Jerusalem, culminating in the destruction of the Temple, which happened uh, in 70 AD. And I said I want to do a little more research on the passage. And so let me read to you again, uh, 15 through 28, uh, and and then and just kind of give a couple of thoughts on on that. Anything while I'm looking at looking for anything to say, respond, reflect. see me Okay. So remember Jesus is still talking about what's future. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. See, if we if we see that as future for us, that just sounds weird. Like we're not even anywhere near Judea. What's the, what's that mean for us? So Jesus understands future for the world after this is just going to be really bad in the moment. And if those days had not been cut short, what does that mean? Uh, No human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. So, if they say to you, look, he's in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. That part is confusing, and this line is also confusing. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. All right. So, <laughs> Officer Whitrock, do you have anything else you want to... Uh, <laughs> okay. Is it, yep. yeah, do you, yeah? I, mean, I was thinking about fraud in that. Oh, fraud. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, don't, you know, it kept talking about like, you know, if they say come, don't come. Like, that just makes me think if someone says give me your money or different things,
1: yeah. don't. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. That's right. <laughs> um, so, the abomination of desolation, as we said last week, is a reference to the, the um, a passage in the prophetic book of Daniel... And and I think Matthew's saying, let the reader of Daniel understand that that would that you 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 should know your Old Testament, right? And and the, the abomination of desolation in Daniel is when the king of the north will take over the temple and introduce pagan sacrifices in the temple. And remember, before Jesus, a couple hundred years, Antiochus Epiphanes came and um, introduced, took over, introduced pagan sacrifices in the temple. Uh, Julius, Judas, Maccabeus, um, uh, took over, led the revolt for the um, Hebrews and kicked them out in the Maccabean uh, revolt. So um, so this is all past, and he's saying it's like, it's like that. He's using it as a reference. He's borrowing the imagery of Daniel's prophecy, which had already been fulfilled, to talk prophetically about the destruction of the Herodian temple, the, the temple built by Herod. Massive, massive structure. And that was, of course, future still... To Jesus, and so in anticipation of the siege that was to co- was to come, you know there there will be so you're going to see him coming. Get out. It'd be better to flee to the mountains. You know, um, don't even go into your house and get your valuables. You know, just just uh, take off. And it's, it's going to be bad for pregnant women. You know, like just get out of town because it's going to be really bad. For then, that is in the siege, verse twenty-one. There will be great tribulation, such as. Not, has not been from the beginning of the world till now and never will be. So again, this is not the end of time because otherwise he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk about and never will be. That, that doesn't make any sense, right? So um, there will be a time after that. It won't be as bad in Jerusalem as this famid, famine under siege was going to be. And does that mean Jerusalem's never had worse times? They've had a lot of bad times. A lot of war uh, since then, and I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm not here to say, well, Jesus didn't get it right because we had a bad time. And, you know, that's not really the point. Um, and if those days had not been cut short, then no human being would be saved. In fact, the, the cutting short is the breaching of Jerusalem walls, and, and, and Rome comes in and actually gives respite and food to those who had been locked inside the walls. Why? It looks terrible, but in fact, God's going to use it for for his good. It's for the survival of the elect. But given all of the turmoil, it is fertile ground for messianic or would-be messianic figures to come in. So Jesus says, if anyone says, look, there's the Christ, or, or there he is, don't believe it. That's the fraud we're, we're talking about, spiritual fraud. I, spiritual fraud, religious fraud, must be... The worst kind of fraud. I don't think you can elect somebody. Uh, I mean, arrest. Elect, well, you can't elect somebody. I, that's that's actually. That was that was a Freudian. I don't know where that came from. God, jeez. Don't tell anybody. Um, I, mean, I don't think you can arrest anybody for that. Anyway, maybe you can. Um, yeah, it is. Oh, gone it. Um a- Anyway, so this. It, they're going to say, look there you know, there he is, but the Son of Man is not coming with the destruction of the temple. And, and when you think, oh, this is awful, this is the dest- temple is destroyed, this must be the end. Jesus, it's not going to be confusing because when the Son of Man comes, it's going to be like a flash of lightning in the sky. In other words, he is, he is contrasting, he's not yet talking about when he's going to come. That's coming in later in the passage. These contrasts—you're, you're not going to miss it when it happens. This is going to be confusing, and so don't give in. And because you're getting, and the vultures are the ones who, are the spiritual frauds who pe- are preying on those who are given in. So that's where the corpse is. That is where those s- sort of spiritually dead or the ones who are are um, have become weak. Uh, they're going to pounce on you and try to f- convince you that there's a that they're the Messiah. That's all in the. In the context of this, um, of what's going to happen to the temple. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, when I was splitting these things up, I hadn't gotten into all of this, uh, that, that research, and I saw the, the headline, the Coming of the Son of Man, so I split it right there. This is the future. But actually, according to Dr. France, it's so not quite yet, not till verse 36, and I'll t- I'm going to tell you why, um, that what, with this line of interpretation, the heading really should be the enthronement of the Son of Man, or the establishment of the Son of Man, uh, the glory of the Son of Man. But the word used in this paragraph, uh, whenever it says the word, you know, coming, in this paragraph is not parousia. Parousia, you may have heard, the, the parousia is the, is the return of Christ, but this is um, a much more generic word for to come, and that is er-kami. Uh Erkamai can mean to come, like to approach, just, you know, but it also can mean to establish, as in sort of vindication or proof or triumph. So, with the vindication of the Son of Man, we need to be comfortable in the, these next two paragraphs with Jesus using the language in the form of Old Testament apocalyptic prophecy to speak into the future. But his future, not ours. Okay? So he's drawn heavily on language from Isaiah, also Ezekiel, Amos, and Joel, but especially Isaiah. And in each case, the context is the impending destruction of cities in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Amos, Joel. And here too, the context is the destruction of Jerusalem. Verse 29. Remember, apocalyptic language. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. That sounds to me like the end of the world. Then, but it's not. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. One of my very favorite hymns in all of the church year is uh, Lo, He Comes in Clouds, it's in the Advent one. And, and, and that's the way we, you know, the trumpet will sound and he's, you know, like just they love this imagery, and I've always, and I'm sure I would guess that you have always seen this as his return, and I think we can draw on it as well. But I want you to consider. Well, let me let me just read the next the next par- next couple of verses as well. From the fig tree, Jesus says, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. In other words, you see what's a, what's happening and you know what's about to happen. So also when you see all these things that he's outlined, the siege and and so on, you know that he is near. He's at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation... Now, here's... A, here's this is, this is, I've thought, one of the most troubling passages in all of Scripture. And this interpret, line of interpretation makes it clear. This generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now, Jesus speaking in great imagery, apocalyptic imagery, not uh not literally the temple looks to the heavens that is the dwelling place of god and what's in the heavens the sun and the moon and the stars it's all coming down and so that's the temple coming down the sun will be dark and the moon will not give us light the stars will fall from heaven the powers of heaven will be shaken this is the destruction of the temple The the interpretation is so important because this gener that generation where Jesus said, This you're not gonna be gone before all this happens, they're long gone now, right? And and if it was referring to Jesus' triumphal return, then Jesus just got it wrong. Jesus thought he was coming back then, and he was wrong. And if he was wrong about that, what else is he wrong about? And it creates a real problem. And in fact, I'll be honest with you. I've stood up and preached to you a lot of sermons, but I've never really known what to do with this. <laughs> and so, but if Jesus is drawing on Old Testament prophecy to talk about in, in sort of big images, like Revelation, like, you know, Revelation talks about, uses these amazing sort of apocalyptic big images to talk about specific things. Jesus is talking about that. Well, what, what are these things? Uh, let me first read to you Matthew or somebody have a Bible I can turn quick to Matthew 16 probably better if I just do that right you're Episcopalians see we have we have the Bible memorized you know like you're working on the uh, on the yeah we just just keep, keep it right here you are working on the laws we just keep the Bible right here but just just in case the files are clogged up I'll, I'll read it um this is this is chapter sixteen. And Jesus is talking about uh, taking up your cross. What what will a profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Oh, what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each per- person according to what he has done. There's some standing uh, here who will not taste death until they see the kind of, some Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There's come here. He is, he's coming. But it doesn't require that that's the final return. Right? In fact, it can't be the final return because everybody has, has tasted death. And he hadn't we hadn't gotten to the end yet. That's Matthew 16, Matthew 26, 64. He's, Jesus on trial. And he is uh, speaking to the Uh, to Caiaphas and the the Jerusalem council and and they're about to pronounce the guilty verdict and he says, you have said so, but I tell you from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Well, they're not. They're not going to see that in a literal sense. What do you make of that? From now on, you will see that the Son of Man is established as the king. That's what what he's talking about. Um, And so, um, so let's go back. Well, when we're talking about the coming here, that's what Jesus is talking about. His establishment as the king. Because the temple is down, and so something has to take its place. Where's the temple now? It's in the hearts, right? So Jesus establishes the king and his temple is you. He dwells in our hearts. Um, Not in earthly temples anymore. And I agree that the trumpet call, the gathering of the elect, looks a lot like what we will picture at the uh, end time. But given the context, it is more likely that Jesus is talking about the connection of his people to him. Not just in Jerusalem, but all around the globe, is the opening to the Gentiles. Right? It's it's not just in Jerusalem anymore. It's everywhere, and the angels are are bringing that message to everybody, and that's really exciting. It's good news for us. But the, so the destruction should not lead to the hope of restoration of the temple, but the ushering in of a new kingdom. It is. Certainly, a new beginning, like resurrection, right? Life coming after death. And then in verse 36, verse thirty six, Jesus says, "But concerning that day and hour, now he's beginning. Now he's answering question number two. Okay, let's let's talk about question number one. What what have you heard? Is that just gobbledygook? I mean, is that do you you understand? What are your questions about what I said?" Yes, Tammy. I keep thinking, what were the pagan rituals that the north brought to the south? Uh, well, I, what were the pagan... That, so again, this was... Like this, animal
0: sacrifices and
1: stuff? Yes, but, not, um, but especially like pig sacrifices in the temple, which would have been un, unkosher and unclean. Um, uh, the Jews sacrificed bulls and, and goats, but they would have done it with intention to uh, other false gods And they would have desecrated the temple by offering those sacrifices to other gods and bring in things that couldn't be sacrificed uh, in the temple. That's a good question. Thank you. Yeah. What else? (laughs) You're like, I don't know what the heck he just said. (laughs) Who's who's the audience that Jesus is saying this to? Jesus is talking. Who's the audience? (laughs) Thank you. that's a good question. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Okay. This is all in the conversation on the Mount of Olives, where they've come to him privately and said, "When will these things be?" And what will be the sign of your return? So he's talking to the disciples. Matthew, of course, was a disciple. Wrote it all down for your spiritual benefit. <laughs> You're like, great. So I, I guess I mean one thing to say about it is that. You don't have to worry that maybe Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. Like, that's always been a concern of mine. Um, did he get it wrong? Or did Matthew just throw that in there and Matthew got it wrong? Or what? But Jesus is speaking specifically, and everything that Jesus said came true. Because he is, we often talk about Jesus as prophet, priest, and king. And we're pretty good with King. And I think pretty good priest is he's our, our he is the sacrifice he's the one that offers the sacrifice he is the sacrifice but prophet I don't really know what, exactly what that means he's the fulfillment of prophecy but here we actually see Jesus speaking prophetically and it's all been fulfilled and, he, and and to understand it as establishment and vindication of his prophecy that he is in fact the son of man because all everything he said happened I mean, that's that's the way that you understood that prophet was a true prophet. Because of what they prophesied came true. And so here he is as, as the prophet. Yes? There's a point, and I think it's in Matthew, where Jesus goes through a bunch of parables, then he's sitting
0: around with the disciples, and the disciples say, what does that mean? That's what I wish one of the disciples had said <laughs> at this point. What does
1: that mean? What does that mean? Well, you know, I, 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 I can, I'm with you. And yet, um, I think there's, a, there's certainly just a cultural gap, you know, between us and, and them. They, they, they've got the Old Testament um, reading that, that we aren't quite as familiar with, and, and they're probably, hope, you know, perhaps they're more comfortable with it, or maybe he intended us to wrestle with it. But um, I guess just, you know, you can chew on that, you can disagree with it, but you can, but at, but at least it makes sense of, of a difficult. Passage. Now, yeah, last one. Well,
0: I mean, to, to, to like what Richard said, when Moses and Elijah were there, they did ask, what the heck? Yeah. And so since they did, are we to presume that the apostles understood exactly what he meant? He was speaking metaphorically.
1: I think the apostles, like most things, understood it later. Yeah. Yeah. Understood it in retrospect. I doubt they left the Mount of Olives going, ah. Oh. Fantastic. I got it now. So well, let's break bread. Yeah, uh, Richard. So much
0: of uh, what, we, what we are reading, uh, they we're reading, they would have been as confused as we are but when the Holy Spirit comes and Jesus continued to point them towards the Spirit. And when He comes, He will lead you to all truth. Yes. And so as we receive the Holy Spirit, we find many things that lie on the page that we wouldn't understand without you.
1: Well, the more confusing a passage is, the more we are likely to interject our own situation into it. And and I think this is a passage that's confusing, but if we interject our own situation into it, we might get the wrong interpretation. Yes, ma'am.
0: I have a question. Okay. I feel like you explained it really well, and I'm not sure if I'm misinterpreting or misunderstanding, but the way that you explained it is basically, you know... He's explaining that this, this false god or this false temple is going to come down, mm-hmm. however illusion or description it is, and that when it's the end of time, you will know because it won't be so dark. It'll be like you explained it with trumpets and godly and bright. And that's what it sounds like. That
1: pap- Well, I think they'll be tempted to say this is the end okay. because exactly. it's coming down. He said, no, not yet. Let me tell you about it. That's the second question, which we're about to read. Okay, that's what I heard. So Jesus actually, I think, gets, turns to the second question and gets less apocalyptic and kind of says, the Father knows, but I don't really know. So, I mean, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it's like. But but concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not the angels, nor the Son. But the Father knows only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man, For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. This is the parousia. That's the the word here, this coming. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but know this: that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would not have stayed awake; would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now, now, the day and the hour. This is his, this is this is the end of all things. This is the, the five. Isn't it interesting. He's talking about something way be, um, history to us, and he's speaking apocalyptically. And now he's like talking about the end of all things. He's like, I mean, it's just going to be like somebody's in the field. And, you know, it's just much less demonstrative and, and uh, apocalyptic. Um, Jesus, I can tell you what it's going to be like. I don't really know. He gives this rapture imagery. And you, I don't know. You picture that bumper sticker that you've seen, like warning in event of rapture, this car will be unmanned. You know, like just. <laughs> That is, ever you read the Left Behind series, you know they just they're the guys flying the plane, and all of a sudden nobody's flying the plane. You know they're just clothes sitting in the in the cockpit, um, and and it is uh, Jesus in this case says it's just nobody's going to know. And in every age since then, they've said I, people have said I bet this is it. I bet he's coming back. And certainly in our age, I've told you the story before about the lady I heard about who. Uh, couldn't go to college because her parents had no need to save for it because Jesus was coming back. Um, Whoops. Um, To me, this could be also like our own day. You know, we don't know what hour. That's right. Yeah. The wind could come sweep us
0: away, the floods, the hurricanes, whatever.
1: well, remember, yes, we don't know the day of our own death. I mean, that's that's right. And so Jesus, says, you got to be ready. Be ready. Yeah. Stay awake. Live your life in such a way that if it happened this afternoon, you'd be happy. Kind of piggyback on what sister, what Sissy said. Two you know, two people in a car accident. One get one dies and one one survives. You've all lived enough life to know that we're not promised the rest of the that's day. Right. And and uh, and so we, and we're not morbid about that, you know. We want to live, but we also want to be prepared, and thankful, and ready. Our hearts are ready. In fact, you know, think about how does, um, how does somebody, how do you avoid financial disaster? Plan. You plan ahead. Uh, you save a little bit, and you and you make sure that you're building up, so that when you have that ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar expense, or limb comes through your roof or whatever, then instead of having to panic and scramble, you're ready. Now, most people don't have $400 in the bank, but they should. And, um, and so um, it's kind of the same. We want to sort of make regular spiritual deposits in our spiritual bank. We want to have our quiet times. We want to love our Lord. We want to come and worship. We want to fellowship study the word. and um, Because you know who the thief is in this, right? Jesus, he's coming, he's going he's, he's gonna to break in, you know, it's not, be, I mean, maybe it'll be, it'll be violent unless you're ready, you know, but at an unexpected hour, it's funny that he uses it like that, but he says, stay awake, be ready, and, and in fact, the faithful and wise servant, I'm not going to read the whole thing because we're short on time, but um, the faithful and wise servant is preparing the master's meals, even though the master hadn't come for weeks, still having their food hot on the table. So that when the master does come, he'll be able to receive. And that's that's the uh, uh, the contrast there is that is the, the servant's like, he hadn't come, he ain't coming. Right? And just gets lazy and gets distracted and um, and then he shows up. Right? Uh, it's easy to drift. It's easy to drift from faithfulness day to day. Jesus is speaking to disciples, saying be ready. And he is absolutely speaking to us as disciples, saying be ready. Now, I will be joyfully surprised if Jesus returns on clouds descending with trumpets and angels thousands, thousands of saints attending, if, if that is in our lifetime. And I will be even more surprised if it looks like we expect it to look. You won't be able to miss it via a flash of lightning across the sky. But more likely, we'll meet him when we close our eyes and, and wake up uh, and see him face to face. Hallelujah. That's right. So, stay awake, be ready, and um, and keep, keep the meals hot um, for Jesus. We've got one more. Next, we got next week. Then we're gonna. Um, then we got the annual meeting, which will take place between the services. And then we got one more week. I think we're gonna go ahead and begin Jesus' uh, passion, and we'll take the passion and the crucifixion and the resurrection into Easter. And then I really think we'll be done with Matthew. <laughs> it's only been two years, uh, but I think we'll be done with Matthew. Uh, in Easter, but I love that the, the the crucifixion is lining right up with Lent. That'll that'll be good. Any quick questions, thoughts, comments? Go to church. Love you guys, Officer Rock. If you have time for church, we'd love for you to come and join us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Not- you didn't know I so know okay.